can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey guys and gals, it's Heather and Hubby. Hey guys. Chris, aka Banos. <laughs> On Talking Pools Podcast, Hum Days with Heather. Hope you're having an amazing day. I know we are not. Are we? I'm not. It was okay. So we're doing this recording on a Sunday, and Sunday is usually my days off to where I don't do a damn thing. Um, I literally laid in bed most of the day today and just watched um, Apple TV. I was watching this new series called Silo. It was very interesting. Let's go that way. I, I finished the whole season in one sitting. So, yeah. So, what's your topic today, Heather? Oh, topic today. We're going to talk about delamination and debonding. I just had a nice conversation with Kit at NPC on this on a job that. I got sent out for to do a inspection on for a pool that they had no idea what was going on with it, and it was delaminating this commercial pool HOA. I think they plastered it five years ago, maybe four. It wasn't that long ago. It was five or four years ago. She wasn't positive. It was commercial plaster. Everybody knows you know commercial plaster has a different warranty than residential plaster, right? It's much less depending on the brand that you're using. She couldn't even tell me which posture they use. And of course, I have no idea by looking at does she know why does she know the company that did Oh yeah, she knew the company. Um and it, it's it's so funny, like she was like, I just, you know, I don't know what to do and where it's you know, it's cracking. First off, it's it's moving, it's delaminating and it's cracking. So it has two different things going on with it. And just the things that she told me about it, it was like when they plaster the bowl, and in Texas, it was hot as shit when they plastered. It was over 100 outside. So, you know, the inside of that bowl is scorching hot. They didn't cover it. Like, any time that we do commercial pools that large, we cover our pools to block from the sun rays and, and put fans down there um, for the guys so they don't die on me and get, de- you know, dehydrated and all that. They're expendable. Come on now. Oh, God, no. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm going over this home where, you know, the difference between, you know, debonding and delaminations, because you've got two, right? You've got ad- adhesive bond failure, and then you've got cohesive bond failure, right? So your adhesive bond failure is the failure of the, the surface coating to the bond coat of the substrate of the surface. And then your cohesive is going to be the failure of the plaster that holds it together or split apart, right? Those two very different things and sometimes it's hard to determine which is which like i have a hard time with it which is why i reached out to kent i'm like okay kent i can't tell if this is adhesive or if this is cohesive so you know he's going over all this with me and i'm like i i know the difference right but because obviously with the surface carbonation of the undercoat i don't know what they used to mix in with their additives i don't know any of that 
So I can't tell if the substrate is increasing the surface density or if the density is coarsely or if the surface is reduced, preventing the ability to adhere properly. And being five years later, it's hard, you know? So you say it was done about five years ago. She thinks. That was about the time that we had that little bit of a... Bond code issue. A bond code issue that was going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys were going around making homemade bond coats at that time. So if I had to place money, if I was in Vegas and I would place some money on this pool, I would say it's going to be more of an adhesive failure. And that's where I was thinking. And I I told her, I'm like, do you have any of... You have anything from this flash for dog? Do you have the batch lot number? Do you have the bond coat type? Do you have, do they spray the bond coat on? Do they roll it on? Do they mix it themselves? Like, do you have any of this? She's like, no, we don't have any of this. And I'm just like, oh my. Like, when your plaster company didn't tell you which one they're doing, she's like, of course not. So, and I'm like, okay, well, do you know if like when they bond coated, they let it fit too long? How long did the bond coat sit? Because we all know if the bond coat sits too long, it's going to start becoming hollow, right? Because overly dry substrate or, you know, the bond coat can have a high rate of absorption of the water that comes in when they mix it in the wrapper moisture loss from the coating at the interface of the coating and the substrate can cause coating to soften quickly and we can have that. So if it's rapid drying, and when that rapid drying happens, we start getting underlying issues. It's just a commercial property. They didn't cover it like they should have. And it's bond coat issue. And I was like, is cool. It was over 100,000 gallons. It was huge. So probably, what, two trucks out there? With a minimum, they should have had two trucks. Most likely it was a bigger company, probably had two trucks and... 12 to 14 guys inside the pool. He said there was only one truck there. Well, there goes one of your issues. But that's not the bonka. That's the plaster, right? So Plaster. Yeah, guys, if you're going to shoot plaster and you're going to be bidding on these big jobs, make sure you have the equipment to do it properly. Yeah, hands down, because if you don't, you're just going to come up with issues like this, and then they're in a lawsuit, and then it's... Yeah, don't okey-doke your customers. Take care of your customers. They'll take care of you. Repeat customers is like 90% of my business here in Texas because we go out there, we treat the customer how we want to be treated. And we try to do things right the first time. Not saying that we're always correct, but that's what we're striving for is to come out of this on top and retain that customer for life. So if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have the proper equipment to do it right, give it to someone or sub it out to someone that can. Oh, God. And make sure, just make sure you're doing like one ink thick on your plaster, guys. Like, don't. Oh, God. And don't do more than that. And stop overtrowling. I see a lot of overtrowled pools. It's insane. But anyways, so just make sure you learn the difference. And if you don't know, tell them how many don't know. And I told her, like, if you're really going after a lawsuit, I mean, the only thing that you can do is cord drill that pool. I actually, we just had a company call from South Carolina. And a homeowner, it was a homeowner that called me. And he, 
he got us from the NPC. I guess Kent gave him. I I guarantee this one. Kent gave him the name before because he this ding 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 was just ring rung on my doorbell like in my head. Kent told me he was gonna have somebody call me, and I guarantee it was that guy. This makes sense now, but he told me this like a month ago, and I totally forgot about it until just this very second. Yeah, so thing, right? if you're looking for an expert witness on um blasters and construction stuff i would not hire heather if i were you guys no <laughs> no no there's mm. much much better people for that than me no see she but. does a great job she'll give you an honest opinion she'll tell you if it's your fault or if it's the company's fault or whatever she'll she'll tell you what the actual failure was yeah there's a lot of these things that are simple the mixing ratio is wrong it failed to have constant moisture to the surface. They're following their own bonco, like mixing your own bonco. Like when we had issues with our bonco, we mixed it ourselves. That fucked up. We had to end up doing a whole nother plaster, which I knew and I took a chance. I told the homeowner, I'm like, hey, can you get bonco? And they sold, this is when COVID was happening, right? And they sold our stuff that we put on will call and pissed me off. So we had no bonco. This pool was ready to go. So I told him, look, we can mix our own, but I don't recommend it. And it's probably going to fail. And there's guys out there that mix their own and they have no issues. But I don't like mixing my own. Like I like to use it from the manufacturer to be done correctly. Because I'm just like, it's if I'm doing it too thin or if I'm doing it too thick or if it's not drying properly or setting up properly, I don't want it to have an issue and I don't want it to have tinsel cracking within the bond coat and have all this other issues that's going on with it. So we did a replastering that pool. On this pool. Yeah. Luckily it was a small pool. It was like 10,000 gallons. So I was like, okay, well, and he did basic plastering, did white with dye in it. So I couldn't get much cheaper than that. And you know, whatever, there's no profit in that job anyway. It was like $1,200 profit job if that. But anyways, just, Make sure whenever you're dealing with delamination, you understand the difference between the two. And if you know that it's possible and you issue with the Bonco, and if you truly want to know, fucking core drill that pool. It's going to cost a lot of money. Then fill it in with cement so they can fill it back up and do a plaster patch over it. Send it off to a lab if you're really curious. You may not like the results, but if you go into a warranty with a manufacturer and you are like fighting it and they're not going to just send them a sample of that. And that'll end that very quickly if it's your fault or if it's the actual manufacturer's fault. And I have found 95, 98% of the time it's your fault. I, we had to get a, a plaster done. That one in Keller, they're the manufacturer. I'm not going to say which manufacturer it was, but I'm OCD when it comes to record keeping. I know exactly which lots on my bond coat. I take pictures of everything with the bond coat on the job. How we apply it. How we... What are you doing? Oops. Good. Um, how we apply it. How we let it sit. How long we let it sit before we plaster. Our, our ratios. What we're doing to it. And yes, we check. We check the source water, too, to know what the calcium and pH is in that water before we mix everything. And then on the same thing, I do the same thing for the plaster itself. I do the dye lot numbers. 
on the lot the dye itself, I do on the cement, which what we're doing, if I add calcium to it, I know how much calcium we're adding. If I add accelerator to it, I know which one we're adding and how much we're adding. I, you know, all this stuff that goes into the, the plaster is like, I take pictures of all of it with the measuring cups. I take pictures of lots and dyes and guys doing it and what they're doing. And, but I had the guy call me from South Carolina that was, he, he didn't realize we were in Texas. He was like, oh, I didn't know you were in Texas. And so I, you know, finally asked him, I'm like, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm in South Carolina. And so-and-so city, I've forgotten. I'm like, well, you know, I'm in Dallas, Texas, right? He's like, no, I did not know that. But he, the, I think the thing that stood out to me the most is he was having an issue with the plaster and he swears up and down because they use tap water to mix the plaster that caused all of the issues. Tap water, guys, out of the garden hose. Like he was pissed that they used tap water out of the garden hose to mix his plaster. I... Yeah, that was interesting. Lord, with that, I was like, "Yes, you're just going to get your crew all around. They're all going to take turns pissing in the hopper." I was like, "Sir, how else are they supposed to get water in there? Well, they're supposed to have like distilled water that kind of like no. Could you imagine buying distilled water or or non-portable water mixed into this plaster? Oh my god! Or do reverse osmosis on the water before you mix it into the Plaster itself. <laughs> yeah. You're not winning that bid. Let's put it that way. Oh, that'd be funny. If anybody has done reverse osmosis on their water prior to mixing it into the hopper, email us. Let me know because I am really curious on that. But anyways, I don't have anything else on this one. You? No. Nope. Until next time, learn your delamination. Thank you, guys. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 